Yo, welcome back to another episode of On Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and today's episode we are joined by a very special guest, current professional soccer player Keegan Thompson. Keegan currently plays for the Chicago House AC team in the National Independent Soccer Association. He also plays college soccer days at Elmhurst College before turning pro. So, Keegan, this is going to be a fun episode. So, welcome to the show, Keegan Thompson. Jack, thanks for having me. Excited to be on as a fellow Elmhurst graduate. Oh, yeah. Show some CCW love. Oh, yeah. Elmhurst uh, College, uh, Elmhurst uh, University now. Let's go. But, like, how, how have you been? Like, you, you've been in a crazy time. Like, you just signed a contract to play pro with Chicago mm-hmm. House. Like, how's everything going with you and with uh, Chicago House? It's going really well. Our preseason camp just kicked off about a week and a half ago. Um, and from the time I graduated in December 2019, COVID sort of hit that next spring and it's been a whirlwind of the last year and a half for everybody and I feel like we've all seen like professional sports and college sports and amateur sports just get completely like shut down and come back in and so having all that just craziness and change happen in the world it's really nice to be in a spot back in Chicago um, playing with the team and being able to do what I love Um, so it's it's been a really fun first week or so and I'm excited for the potential that the boys have um, and that everything's going smoothly so far just keep working yeah absolutely so like what have you been doing throughout like all the time with like COVID and all that like with training wise and just trying to get yourself on a team somewhere yes that's a that's a really good question um what sort of happened is after I graduated in um December 2019 I was on trial with a handful of teams across the country including Ford Madison um and then a couple teams out in California And for the longest time, it was just me training at home, whether it was finding just an open parking lot or finding a turf field um, and just sort of going at it on my own. Um, I'm fortunate to have my sister who plays college soccer. And so we were just sort of on the ground, like day in, day out playing. But that gets really repetitive when you're doing it for two months, three months, four months, while everything sort of shut down. Uh, But it was really just, I've always loved training and I've always loved playing soccer. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. It's just like falling in love with the process of getting better and just really enjoying the little things, whether it's like passing the soccer ball or like lifting those weights. And I know, I feel like that sounds cliche, but to get to the next level, like keep getting better and improving, it's like, that's what it takes. Um, And I think people forget how bumpy of a road it is. It'll be like some good moments, some bad moments, but as long as your trajectory is always going upward and always remembering what your long-term goal is, good things happen. Um, And so there some times to be completely honest where it was hard because it was like last June everything had just stopped I didn't know what the trials were looking like I didn't really know where I was going to fall into the pro soccer realm and it was like just me going out to the field going all right another hour and a half session today and then I got to go lift and it was it was hard for those days and that month or so uh, but once things started to get back in, into the rhythm and the world sort of figure out how to get pro sports back um, and so like when the NWSL came back and they did the, the NBA um, uh, bubble tournament it was like things started to progress back and then it was going to try out playing well performing seeing if there's an opportunity there yes no like if it's not all right whatever go to the next one and just like keep knocking on all those doors um, and building those connections and just playing your heart out and having fun and eventually um, good things happen and I think I think that's a pretty good mindset for a lot of things whether it's like in the job in the workforce in sports and school it's, it won't always go smoothly or like according to your initial plan but if you keep at it, don't get discouraged and stay positive. Good things will come out of it. Yeah, I, so, I love. 
Yeah, I love what you said there, especially like you have to fall in love with the process because everyone, of course, everyone wants to go right to the next level. Like, mm-hmm. like that, no question, but like, let's be honest, like that's never the case. You can't go right to the yeah. next level. You have to put in the work and everything. It's mm-hmm. so like, how hard was that? Or I'm guessing it was pretty easy to stay determined, especially since you had those long-term goals that you wanted and like that kept you... Mm-hmm driven to get to the next level and yeah practicing every single day so like how what was that path like and just being able to just training every day like you said it was a grind and you didn't want to do it sometimes but yeah you going to train lift right after it's so like what, mm-hmm. what was that all about yes I think there's a good quote by I think it's actually Tom Brady who's it's he says what are you willing to sacrifice to be great and I think for a lot of people coming out of division one, division two, division three sports, or like high school, trying to make it a pro level, people don't fully understand what you have to sacrifice and what you have to give up. It's all right. My buddies are going to the beach today. Oh, I guess I can't go. Cause I got to train and being out in the sun, is going to make me tired and I can't maximize my training or, Oh, the guys are going out on Friday night for a drink. Can't do that. Cause I got a game Saturday morning or something like that. And it's, it's easy to say, Oh yeah, I'd pick that every single time. But then when you're in the moment, your best friends are doing that it gets really hard. And I think that's what it takes because there's so many good players out there, whether it's soccer, basketball, hockey, cross country, track and field, whatever sport it is, there's so many good athletes and good players in the country. What separates you isn't exactly what your ability is. It's how dedicated you are and how much you're willing to like push it. Um, And I know they always say like hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And it's like, that's something that's so important to a lot of players and like myself especially because it was like high school I was I was good and I was solid but I was never like the best guy and it's like but if you keep working and keep getting better um then it'll good things will come um and I think the other aspect is like I just love playing soccer and I love training and it just brings me so much joy and for a lot of players like pros that's what it that's what it is you just really love it more as much as you can just day in and day out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just find that like when you like, as you grow, like you develop that love even more and more, mm-hmm. just like, especially like when you get like serious about it and like you have to like actually train for yeah. it. Like as a kid, like you just play for fun. Like if, of course it's fun now, but like it means more mm-hmm. now than it does probably when you were younger and just being able yeah. to work and work and work to, help seeing yourself progress like it must be must be incredible to see what where you've gone from (laughs) yes there's there's been some times where it's it's I think it's always more like live in the moment always like take a step back and it's like so when you're having a day where it's like oh man my touch wasn't good or I didn't finish as many shots it's like all right two years ago would I be really proud of myself where I am now it's like yes yes I would um and going back to like that younger version of yourself I think when when I was like growing up, it was like, oh yeah, those guys on the television, I want to be like them. You want to play pro. Every, like most kids playing sports growing up, that's what you didn't want to do. And it's sort of like a dream and a vision. But then as you get older and you start playing more and like, you, like obviously at a certain point, it's like, all right, if I, am I good at soccer? Then I'll keep with it. If I'm not, then I'll go to something else. Um, and I think we all have those moments. And it's like, if you just keep sticking with it, sticking with it, that dream becomes more of a reality or something that's like, okay, that's very tangible now. I can see these concrete steps on how to get there. And then it goes from this dream to something like within touching distance. And that's when it gets really special and exciting and 
that's when you get a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like, how was it like when you like, what, like when you graduated college and you go, started going to these camps and these tryouts and all that, and yeah. then you're like, you're reaching for the stars, like you're right there. And then you, you could mm -hmm. be uh, you could get released and then you go back to another tryout and yeah. same thing, or like you make the team where you eventually are right now with the Chicago house. Like what, what was like all those experiences like? And cause obviously you could learn a lot from no matter what, even if you yeah. get cut, like you learn a lot. So like, what did you learn from all those experiences? I think the biggest thing that I learned was just, it drove home persistence. Um, and I went to probably five or six tryouts across the country before I finally got an opportunity. And it wasn't even like at any of those trials, I was the worst player there. I was in the top half. It was, it all felt like it was things I couldn't control. It was, oh, you're really good. We like how you play. We got four other wingers in your position. So they don't, they don't need another winger or, oh, we're actually short on money because of COVID. So we weren't able to charge fans revenue. So we can't bring in any more players this year. Um, and it was, COVID was really frustrating in that sense because it made an already really hard business to get into ultra competitive, even harder because these clubs now that are barely breaking money, that are barely making money. Um, and the money that you make are from like fans and ticket sales and game day revenue. They didn't have that. And so it's made it exponentially harder. Um, but I think, persistence and just that unwavering belief in like what you're doing is right and knowing I'm a good player knowing I belong at this level it's like, all right hey not this time but the next time and there are times where I fly home and it's like just bummed out it's like I played so well what could I have done differently and it's like to a certain extent it was just sort of out of my control so I guess here and there maybe some things differently but a lot of times like you can be the best player on the field of those tryouts and it won't matter if they already have four guys in your position or they don't have the money to sign players. Um, and that's sort of the cruel reality that I realized when I started trying to get in that from college because they don't talk about that. Nobody talks about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just, I like how you said, like, the, like you belong at the level. Like a lot mm -hmm. of people, like, they'll get caught and they'll be like, they'll just like either like quit completely or just like not try again. Mm -hmm. But like you kept, you were persistent, kept coming back, kept kept coming back and then you go and then you make make the team like how how much is like confidence in that case and just being able to know that you you you're, you belong at the level I guess you could say and just that you could compete with these guys yeah I think it's it's a it's a big confidence boost and also just sort of knowing my ability and something and it's like a fine line between being confident cocky and like humble and I think finding that middle ground where you know your ability, you know what you can do, but also not pushing over so you're making mistakes is so important. And, and as, and like, as I've seen, like in a lot of the pro guys, it's like everybody has it down to a T. It's like, they're all confident. They're like, they know they can play. They know their first touch is going to be good every time. They know they can play that 50 yard pass across the field, but they're not trying to do things they know they can't. Um, and I think when you, when players try to do stuff, they can, or like try and dribble past five, six guys, that's when things start to go, um, go south. Um, and so it's really, you have to just like play and play and learn that sometimes playing simpler is better and just letting the game come to you and then trusting in your ability when you get that opportunity to make that move or beat that guy or put the ball in the back of the net, that you'll do it. And I think that comes from also just reps on the training ground. 
and just getting lots and reps. Because at the end of the day, if you can't do it in practice, you're not going to be able to do it in a game with fans screaming at you, players chirping your ear, like players coming at you full speed, that sort of thing. Because it's just different on the field and on the on the ice. I'm sure you you've seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm like in the same cases place as you. Like I like in two months, I'll be at my first like pro tryout. And like, congrats! That's super exciting. Thank you. Yeah, and and like I've learned like everything that like you've been learning mm-hmm. about just from training and just like I I'm guessing like after this trial mm-hmm. like I'll gain another experience. But yeah, all of these like things like that you just can tell with the how the pros handle stuff. Like you mm-hmm. just can tell that like they they're not cocky, but they're super confident in, like what they can do, mm-hmm. and know that they can make plays make make saves when they have to mm-hmm. make saves that they should not be able to make, make score maybe when things aren't going their way and just yeah. like, plugging away like it's amazing what you can learn from when you're when you're competing against high level players mm-hmm. like, like we both are yes exactly yeah and it's, exactly. it's it's incredible like just to just to think about it and just like how much you learn the game by just playing under these guys and just learning from them mm-hmm. every day yes um, and I think that's, that's the biggest thing. I'm sure you've seen where you've stepped on the ice. Like you can tell right away from the first touch of the ball or like first touch of the puck or when they skate or like run, you can see, all right, he's a good player. He's a good player. You can just tell there, like, we just, that you carry yourself differently because yeah. it's like, you know, you belong, you know, you've done this millions of times in the training ground or in practice. It's like when the moment comes, you're, you're ready and you know, you can do it. And I, the one question that I always get a lot of is like, all right, how do I get more confident? Like, how do I have confidence in myself? And I'm like, really, it's, it's it simple. Rough. And it's, you just do reps, you do reps and just not deferring and, and just believing in yourself and just, all right, you want to hit that shot from 20 out, go hit that shot from 20 out 30 times in training. Like Kobe Bryant would hit free throws after practice till midnight. And that's how you get confident. Yeah, exactly. And just like, confidence isn't given to you like you have to actually like put in the work and just work at it like I can't tell you how many times like I've haven't been able to save a breakaway but you go in like you go you have guys going going on a breakaway on you and you stop maybe two out of ten on sometimes then mm-hmm. next day you get three out of ten four out of ten exactly eight nine out nine ten out of ten even sometimes yeah like just the repetitions helps you gain that confidence. And even if people say you can't do it, if you believe in yourself and you believe that you can do it, like that's it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And I've been very fortunate to have a really good support structure from like coach Dave G. Tomaso, the head coach at Elmhurst um, to my family too, saying, Hey, go for it. Like take the chance, go for your dream. And it's, it's really amazing because I've seen a lot of kids who are in similar positions but they don't have that belief from their parents or at close family members or close circles. And it, it takes a toll on them because it's just like another, you already have these coaches telling you stuff or other players on the field. And it's like, when you have more people who like you care about or trust saying, no, don't do it. Or no, you can't, you're not good enough. It's hard. And so that's the, that's something I'm very appreciative of and thankful for having a head coach who's like been a great mentor all the way. Um, and then having parents and my sister and, family who's just been very supportive yeah exactly like friends and family like I have the same same thing Mm -hmm. they support me forever and like they support what I do and like everything Mm -hmm. they believe in myself which also helps lead helps yeah myself 
which mm-hmm. also helps but like just having that that circle that believes in you like it it drives you another way it where does. It, another another level even just to get to that next level and fulfill your dream yes without a doubt without a doubt yeah so i'm i'm sure you've had people say like you're not going to be able to do this you're not going to be able to do that it's like what like obviously like the circles like that tell you that you can like that drives you but like what else drives you when people say like you can't do that but you go ahead and follow your dream anyway because you believe in yourself yes i would say uh, i'll never forget i had a club coach um when i was younger who basically told me i was too small to keep playing soccer the class and I was like, well, too small exactly and it's it's like that's such a classic story so many kids across the country have it's like hold up i'm like 14 i haven't grown yet and you're telling me right now i'm too small to keep playing soccer it's like who are you to judge you're you haven't played the game in 30 years like that sort of thing and i think um having those sorts of moments it's like you can either a get discouraged or go all right take it as a challenge and i've always taken it as a challenge i'm always i've been a very competitive person since the beginning and most high level athletes are just like this uber competitive mindset um and I've sort of used that as like fuel to the fire. And I think it's a combination of like this just internal burning that I have and a lot of athletes have where it's just, I want to get better for myself combined with people saying, no, you can't do it. You're going, all right, I'm going to do it because you said I can, <laughs> like that sort of thing. And then just the positive feedback from like those close. Um, and, and my dad, dad always would tell me like when I was younger, it's like, why not you? And I think that's a really good phrase because like, yeah, why not me? You can look at the stats and go, all right, 1% of college athletes will play play pro and like 0.05% of high school athletes play pro. And it's like, that's all super discouraging. But if you just like throw that aside and go, all right, whatever, why not me? Why can't I be that like 0.1 or whatever percent? It makes it a little easier, I guess. I don't know. It's just, I think, I think finding ways to not be so discouraged or, um, think about like the magnitude of what you're doing and it's like, all right, get better each day. Why not you just go do it, just do it sort of thing. That helps. Yeah, exactly. And like, I couldn't tell you how many times that people would say, you can't do it. You can't do this. And then yeah. like you go out there and these guys are saying this and then you stop them, stop them. And they don't score all. Exactly. Like you're kind of like, ha like you said, I can't like do that. it. I just, I just stopped you. And you said, yeah, you it. so like it must yeah. be like, so that that brings confidence as well. So I want to get into like some of like the like obviously like you have bad games whenever you're in mm-hmm. a whenever you're in a sport. So like what like mm-hmm. do you do? What's your mindset like when you do have that bad game and just have it not have it not affect you for a long term, but just to keep it short and just maybe a game or two, and then you're back to where you were before. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, and I think it happens like bad games, but also just bad plays. And the biggest thing you have to realize is like, it, at the end of the day, it's still just the game and everybody makes mistakes. Nobody's perfect. Um, and if I'm in sort of like a slump or like have a bad game or wasn't happy with some things I did, like I have a couple of highlight tapes of myself that I've like I've just put together and I go watch that. Cause <laughs> like, it's, I feel like seeing yourself do it right or watching old videos or like watching videos of high level pros and like the top leagues and stuff. Like those are sorts of things you, have to, you just have to do. Um, Sometimes I'll do some visualization, like visualizing myself doing the scissors, beating a player, getting in line. Um, and I think the biggest thing 
whether it's a bad game or a bad play, it's just going, all right, refocus next one. It's being able to completely like getting rid of it. Um, and I don't know if you've seen this. So Ted Lasso. I've not. Okay. There's one, it's based like follows um, Jason Sudeikis as the main character. Um, and it follows this like team in England playing football or, or soccer rather. Um, and there's, they have a bad game and he goes, um, what's a goldfish? What makes a goldfish special? And then one of the players goes, they have a nine second memory. And he's like, be a goldfish. And I think <laughs> it's like, you just got to end of the day, just like, forget it. It's like, sure, bad pass, bad play, whatever. Just move on to the next one. Um, and just being able to refocus and just not let it affect you is really hard, um, but very important when you get it down. It's like, that's the hardest thing to do, but that's what separates players. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just, you got to have that short term. Like I coach mm-hmm. baseball as well. And like we tell our kids all the time, just, you have yeah. that, when you make a bad play and just short memory, just zap it out yeah. of your head and just focus mm-hmm. on the next, the next play that comes to you. Like I like when I give up a goal, like I focus on the next shot. Yeah. Cause that's all you can do. And just that's all you can I'm do sure. the same thing for you. Like you just focus on the next play that's coming, like try to think ahead and like what you're going to do with it before mm-hmm. you get the ball. And then like, and then that like sparks, like a good moment in your head. And just like, that really helps you yeah. the next the next mm-hmm. play without like making an error or anything like that yeah and i think and simply put like if i have a bad pass from the next one's like all right i'm going to complete this pass just simple pass boom get it down and then we're flying again um and i think sometimes people want to do a lot it's like oh if i make a mistake i got to make up for it by doing a whole lot of things after but it's like really just trust yourself and just bounce back having that like short memory in a way um and just think positive and then if it's a bad game, just remembering it's like, hey, I'm playing soccer, playing the sport because I love it and I want to have fun at the end of the day. And it's like, if you're not having fun, what's the point of doing it? Yeah, it's it's all about having fun. Like, sure, mm-hmm. like, sure, when you get to the pro ranks and like college, it's a business, but like, you're still expected to have fun, like, and take a seat. Yeah. So, like, you're, you want to have fun and just you're playing the game for a reason and that's because you're having fun exactly. with it. If you weren't playing if you weren't having fun you wouldn't be playing the sport as simple as that correct exactly yeah so uh, i want to go on to like college a little bit here so like you mm-hmm. grew up in madison wisconsin like we talked about earlier and you yes were a, you're a decent high school player like you said and just you said mm-hmm. you want the best but then you go on to college where you played division three at Elmhurst College, now university. So like, what was the process like to get recruited to play at Elmhurst? Yes, so for, I was looking um, at a couple schools. I had a couple division one offers as like a walk-on um, in my sophomore and junior year. But then coach G. Tomasa saw me at um, a regional ODP, so Olympic Development Program camp, and like reached out to me, invited me back to um, his college combine and it was like all these other coaches were solid coaches but the thing that just jumped out to me about him was just his professionalism and just how much knowledge he knew about the game and I was like sure going to a division one school and trying to walk on like I believe myself I bet on myself but those coaches didn't know as much as this dude did his he like played second division in Germany pro soccer and I think some a lot of college coaches just don't have that knowledge of the game or like know how to get to the next level and I was like okay I can go through him and get to the next level and 
so like after talking to him, it was like, this seems like a no brainer. The way he runs his program, the culture he has on the team. Um, obviously, Elmhurst being close to Chicago, I was like, I love Chicago. <laughs> so that was nice too. Um, and it's a good school with good academics as well. Um, and so that was sort of once I reached out to him and talked to him more, um, he made me an offer. Is sort of that was that was where I saw myself going. Yeah, that that's awesome. So then you go into your freshman year. It's like, yes. what was that transition into from high school soccer to college soccer, and just yeah. able to like put everything everything in the past away from you and just focus on the few on the on the present and just playing division three soccer yeah so that was that was a pretty big adjustment um because so i led in my senior year i love my team in goals and assists but then you're playing with like 17 8 year old 18 year olds but in college you're a 17 or 18 year old playing against 22 23 year old men and i think that was the biggest thing and i like into my sophomore year i grew three inches and so i had this massive growth spurt and just grew and developed physically um, it's a freshman year. I got some good minutes um, for like good minutes for a freshman, but it was really just a learning a lot, like just taking it all and learning the new system, watching a lot of tape of myself and like the college games, just watching college games. All right, here's how we want that player to play, trying to emulate that. And so it was really just sort of being a sponge and just soaking it all in. Um, and then as the year sort of progressed, like just working, keeping that drive and dedication in the off season, because that's really where the most development happens. Because like the end season is like two months, two, three months of 20 plus games. <laughs> it's a grind. It is. Um, and then the off season, you have the uh, nine, 10 months just to develop on yourself. Um, it's like the off season is really good for individual development, whereas the season is good for working on team. And so it's like weight room, racquetball courts, getting lots of touches in that off season. Um, and then it paid off. Yeah, it's so like throughout your freshman year, like what what else did you learn throughout that year? And just being besides like the development point of where you just you're just doing it with whatever you can to help help yourself get better and like video and all that. But like what else would you do to help yourself make that next jump to that next level and be ready for the for the college game? Yeah, I think so. The biggest thing I learned was just don't get wrapped up in soccer because it's so easy if you have a bad practice to go, all right, and just like sulk in that all day. And then it sort of feeds over to the next day or something. And then I think the biggest thing is having balance between your soccer and what you do for the soccer versus like having a balance in elsewhere. So like whether it's school or like hobbies or just like hanging out, playing cards with your buddies. I think that was the biggest thing I realized and like got a good feel for it was, yeah, I can play soccer and spend as much time as I want playing soccer, but also you got to take some time for yourself and like, spend time with friends, play cards, um, obviously study for school. <laughs> I was a chemistry major, so that kept me quite busy. Uh, <laughs> and so I think those two hand to hand well went well and like helped me and just figure out that balance. Yeah, and your, your teammates and your friends are a huge part of how successful mm -hmm. you are because it's you, like I've learned just from cross country and track and all that and like just you have a bad workout, you can't be sure, like you're, you're gonna dwell on it for a little bit, but like you can't mm -hmm. dwell on it for the whole day because it'll ruin your whole mentality for the rest of the week. So yeah. like just having those friends to like go to the calf with and eat some dinner. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like that always and just like, like ping pong in the roost. Ping pong in the roost, like anything like that, <laughs> cool. Like just to take your mind off the workout, like it really does help and just being able exactly. to, to get away from the game, away from the, from the track like it's mm -hmm. it's all super beneficial for 
you to get away from the game for a little bit. It is. Yeah, it is. And then you go into your sophomore year where you have a where you're playing more games than you did your your first year. It's like what was that experience yes. like just getting more games and being more comfortable with the college game? Yeah. Again, it was just um I had played summer soccer with uh UPSL. So I think technically that's tier four in the hierarchy of like professional to amateur. So it's the one level below tier three. And so it's a league that's fully amateur. And a lot of college guys come back from the summer, like division one, division two, D three guys. Um, and so playing in that environment was really good as well. Um, I had a team Mattis 56ers. We were just training with them and getting more comfortable just playing at that level. Um, and also I grew, which helped as well. Um, and then combined with just, I feel like you just come back and you're more relaxed because now you're going over the game plan, you're going over the style of play, but it's the second time through. And so maybe you're picking up on more details you missed on year one, or you have a better relationship with your teammates now because you know them for a year and now you're just getting to know the freshmen. Um, and, and then the other thing is like, you're more of a leader on the team, more as, as expected of you. Um, and so sophomore year was good. And I really started to feel more comfortable. Um, and I had a better vision of where I fit in on the team, like what, what my piece in the puzzle was. Because sometimes as a, as a freshman, it's like you're like 60th minute sub, you're going winger, center mid, outside back, striker, like wherever they sort of need you. Um, but sophomore year is when I sort of found out, all right, as an attacking mid, winger, those two, okay, I can focus on those two positions. Yeah, absolutely. Which is helpful. Yeah, and just like your freshman year, like everything's racing in your head. Like It is. It's a lot faster of a pace game and like you have mm -hmm. to make decisions a lot more quicker. And then you come yes. back to your sophomore year, especially playing after with that amateur team like everything, like you're playing with D1, D2, like all those guys. Yeah. And like, you just calm yourself down and just like, mm -hmm. you're, you're able to just really like take it all in and just focus on what you have. Mm -hmm. to, everything's not going like twice the speed as it should be. Exactly. No, everything's not going hundred miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. And then it's so like, what was your favorite, like parts of your, of the first two years of college for you and just playing playing in those games and getting used to playing soccer and at the college level? Yeah, my favorite game we played in the first years is probably the last game of the season, sophomore year. We had sort of had a couple iffy results. Um, and it was, I started and we played against, at we played at North Park um, at their field in the city. And we managed to get a win in overtime against them to win 2-1. Um, and it was, I played like 102 minutes, I think that game. And so I was just exhausted, but it was just so fun because I was playing well and it finally like things clicked. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> this is amazing. And it was just a blast. Like the team played, the team performed so well together. We followed the game plan that DT wrote out for us and we got, we got three points out of it. Um, and then everything, when everything's going your way. It is, it is. It was, it was fun. It was a really fun one. Yeah. So then you go into your junior year and you missed the entire season. I'm, pretty sure right yes so with yes. injuries like how hard was that year to since <laughs> and just that you weren't able to actually play games like you wanted to yeah so that was that was really hard um i'd come off that sophomore year just flying i had a really good off season that spring and then that june i was diagnosed with um, a pubic ramus stress fracture so right in my pelvis um and that was just pretty crushing i don't I, I don't know if you've had a pretty severe injury or anything like that that sidelined you but it's 
it maybe for like sucks. Week, but not yeah. anything long term. Yeah, I was out for about 14 months. Oh. Um all in all. Yeah, it was it was hard. It was hard because it was like all of a sudden everything I'd be doing every single day was just like taken away from me. And I was just like bedridden for uh two months pretty much. And I was like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And it was it was it was hard. Um and I had to like figure out new ways to like keep myself busy and like yeah it was a lot of video games a lot of fifa living vicariously through my player um <laughs> but it was like reading books and just spending time with my family too at home that summer um and then once i was able to like walk and move around it just became all right now now i got to get back and i'm going to come back better like minor setback major comeback and so it was like cross training i was swimming a lot i started just lifting upper body um and then i finally was able to come back and play in november so I was just training. I trained for two weeks and then boom, diagnosed with another one, another pubic ramus stress fracture. I was like, this is weird. And then I wanted to figure out why, because it's a relatively uncommon injury to get. It's actually pretty common in runners. Um, and then it turns out I was diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, so I basically gluten tolerance, uh, gluten allergy. And so once I changed my diet, it's like that, that was also a big impact as well. So like that January had gone from, I had to now figure out how to like, uh what to eat and like what to do food wise and so the total shift um but one thing i didn't mention actually was when i did come back and it got e it got easier when i was back with my teammates um and once we were in preseason and it was actually really good too for my development as a leader because coach dimas sort of helped me and was just talking to me all the time on the sidelines i basically sort of became uh, another assistant coach um and that was really good because i got to like sort of step back and just see the game from a completely different perspective and I think in the moment, it felt like that was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. I can't play soccer. And I was just standing here watching all these guys play and do what I love. But looking back, it was, it was actually such a blessing in disguise because I was able to just like lift and get stronger, um, but also just like take a step back and take it all in. And now I wasn't worried about how I was playing, just learning the game, learning what I could do, learning, learning how I can just come back in and go, boom, I'm right back there. Um, and so it was just like just training, lifting, and just not getting discouraged. Um, and I think that was the biggest aspect of it. They're just staying positive throughout the whole time. And it was like, there were days where I was so hard, but you have to like stay motivated, stay positive. And it definitely got easier when I was back to the team, doing school, able to lift. Yeah, um, and, and then like just being a good yeah. teammate as well and becoming exactly. like a leader, like you said. Like, mm -hmm. you, I bet you learned a lot from that and just how to be a better teammate. And just like, even though you're not playing, like you just, just the support you probably had for your teammates exactly off the charts and like out yes out of this world and like i feel like when like you have a good mindset like obviously like things like that sucks to happen but like mm -hmm. you step back from playing and just saw the whole game from a different perspective and then it brings you into like that reality like like that you what you i don't know how you how you can put it like just to do how you can get better is just like by just yes. watching the game and just watching what other people exactly. do, especially like high performers, high, mm -hmm. high elite athletes, and just being able to to get their tendencies down and just mm -hmm. learn from them and just create that yes. in your game. Yes. And I've always been a lead by example type player, but that's hard to do when you're on the sidelines. And so I got better at opening up my voice, um, talking to players holding people accountable in a positive way where like helps bring them up versus bringing them down. 
Um, and it really set me up well where I, then I ended up captaining the squad my last two years. And I think I like, without that one year of taking a step back and fully focusing on like my leadership and just soccer intelligence and soccer IQ, it, I don't know what would have happened. It was, it was crucial. Yeah, for sure. And like, I'm the same way. Like I like leading by example, like, mm -hmm. like I, I've definitely learned how to be a leader other, otherwise than, than just mm -hmm. by example, but like, I'm like an example kind of guy and just like I go out there mm -hmm. every single day, whether it be practice, meet, game. Yeah. Whatever, like you give 100% and like exactly all, all in every single time, every single mm -hmm. day, even if you don't feel like it, like feel good, like you're, you're, you just have to, especially if you want to yes. be a leader that leads by example, like that's, that's a given. Mm -hmm. So exactly. then. So then you go into your fourth and fifth year, the next two years, mm -hmm. like what were those two years like and just being able to get back to playing the game and just work on following your dreams? Yeah, my senior year or year four was definitely an adjustment because it was going from like training and being very cautious and like mindful of my body and training to now playing, training every day and then playing like two, sometimes three games a week. And it was like, by the end of the season, I was just shot, like my body, I'd come back and I started really started running and playing probably mid July. And then we'd preseason first week of August and then first game, September one, basically. And then you're playing two, three months there. And so it was just sort of just figuring out how to last and just be somewhat positive and have a contribution. And I ended up leading the goal and goals and ended up leading the team in goals and assists. But it was really, that was a year where I was like coming back, getting my feet going, getting this soccer again, because I hadn't played in a match in, in like 14 or 15 months. Um, and so then it was really that off season where I was training with a bunch of current pros. And actually two of them are on my team now, Chicago House. Um, and it was really training to them. And then I guess I trained them a little bit the year prior, but it, I've trained them a lot that winter and spring and then that summer. And then I just came in flying into that senior season um and it was also a lot of guys worked really hard that offseason like oliver sale who got defensive player of the year that year um luke deal donnie kadeen um, a lot of our juniors and sophomores as well uh, it was just a really good group that we had it was like everything clicked that senior that fifth year yeah um, for sure and like you uh like coming back from injury, you learn to love the game even more, especially when mm -hmm. you're out for 14, 15 months, like you said. Exactly. You just go back and like you're playing the game you love. Like there's nothing, mm -hmm. there's no better feeling than just getting back, mm -hmm. getting back to the game you love. Yes. I think that was one of the biggest things that happened that I was like, okay, I, I want to keep playing soccer for as long as I can. It was like, when you have it taken away, it was like, I don't want this. I want to keep playing soccer forever if I can. But like obviously that can't happen but when the game's like taken away you're like wow you realize how much you love it and how much you want to keep playing um and that was one of the big triggers for me and why i was like i have to keep playing after college yeah absolutely and then you go into your fifth year and you have a fantastic mm -hmm. year you uh you were named to the first team all conference team where you led the team in goals and assists and shots on goals mm -hmm. like what was that final season like and everything you've accomplished throughout your time while also helping the team, helping the program, helping build the program even more? Yeah, it was, it was a really fun season <laughs> to be completely honest. It was fun because I was playing well, we were winning games, the whole team was playing well. Um, and it was really cool to just see the work that me and the other captains had put in in that previous like two years, just pay off. 
we had guys bought into the program, bought into our vision, bought into the, the mindset, bought into how we wanted to play. Um, and it was just really satisfying to see that happen. And it was like, there were a couple of games where I didn't score, but the team played well and we won. It was like, that's what it's about. It was, it was just so fun to see like all the hard work we put in on like those long days in the weight room, the, like the early mornings of the gym and the off season. Um, and like those long team meetings where everybody at the end is just dead and like nobody wants to be there. Uh, but like when you get a, a game winner in like the 85th minute against your rivals, it's just, that's where it all it pays off. And it's like, yep, it's worth it. <laughs> it all comes full circle. It all comes for full circle indeed. Uh, but it was, it was really fun and really satisfying. Um, and it's, it's despite what has happened last year, like I've been talking to a couple of guys, um, like Rafa Consalvo, one of my roommates, who was a sophomore, but I think he's now going to be a senior, I guess. Wow. They grow up so fast. <laughs> um, but it's been cool just talking to him and seeing what he learned from us. And just like he is passing it down to the next, the next generation. Yeah. Um, I love that. And it's cool to see that like, that's, yeah, we had a great senior season. But we've like changed these kids and helped them for the better. Um, and that's, that's really satisfying and just an amazing feeling too. feels like they're part of something bigger. Yeah, absolutely. It's no, no better feeling when all the, all the guys you that were new when you were around are mm-hmm. are seniors, juniors now, and like going up to their last, their last exactly. year playing college soccer. Mm-hmm. So Keegan, I have a few more questions for you before uh, we wrap things up. So uh, mm-hmm. do you have any tips for younger players looking to do what you did, follow your dreams to go play professionally college, whatever level they want to go and just what, what are some of the tips you'd give them? Yes. I think first, whatever the division play soccer in college or play sports in college so many times people bash on those lower levels like d3 or naia that's like there's a lot of good teams in every level and you could beat the team above and whatever in whatever level it is so i think just play college sports you get a degree out of it you get a great group of friends that are going to be lifelong pals and buddies um and then just don't get discouraged don't get discouraged keep working and fall in love with the process. Enjoy those workouts, whether it's a good one or a bad one. Say, you know, I did it. I'm proud of myself for doing that. Don't let people tell you you can't do it because if you work hard enough and you put in the time, anything's possible. Exactly. I, I love that tip and just keep going, keep going with what you love and mm-hmm. what you want to do and good things. Yeah. Will happen. Like that's all yes. you can do. Whether it's in the workforce or on the field, wherever it is, just exactly. have fun and keep working hard. <laughs> exactly. So my next question for you is, uh, I heard from a, a source, Antonio, that you're growing to be a soccer content creator on TikTok. So like, yeah. <laughs> what, what was that about? Yeah. So that was actually, I picked it up during, uh, during the pandemic and the quarantine was just like, I had these drills and I was like, why not share them with more people? And then they got, I think I had two videos. that got like 150,000 views. And I was like, I'm onto something here. <laughs> Um, but it's been fun it's it's a good community actually and i i feel like it's cool to see like the stuff i'm doing like training like my drills so i can share it with a lot more people um and i want people to be able to see that because it's not it's not just for me it's for everybody yeah absolutely i want everybody to have an opportunity yeah 100 percent agree with you there like i pretty much do the same thing with like hockey mm-hmm. like i'm gonna try it with like track and cross country too yeah this year and just like it, it's a lot of fun to create content just it is it you learn you learn a lot from that too yeah 
Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And so my my final question for you is uh, you come from a very athletic family, like like your parents ran Division One, I, I believe my uh, mm-hmm. Antonio said, and then correct <laughs> sister plays soccer. It's like how how important has family been for you and just like to follow in their footsteps while also creating your own path to being a high performing athlete? Yeah, it's, that's been very important. I think you know, my parents are still maybe a little salty that I didn't do track and field. My dad always was like, you would have been a great steeplechase runner. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but soccer. Yeah, they both ran at uh, Tennessee, go balls. Um, and then my mom was actually the 1982 Seoul Korea Olympic marathon coach for the women. So yeah, it's, and it's sort of, it, they're both like incredible athletes. And we've sort of, both my sister and I have sort of just grown up in an environment where it's like, you got to be a good athlete. <laughs> like we got good genes and it's like just sports and athletics have been such a crucial part of our um, family and just how we live life. Like we'll all go to the gym together and or I'll go on like walks and runs and things like that. Um, and my dad would go off the field with us, my mom too. And it's been such like a good family bonding. Um, and it's just, it's been very important. Um, Cause like seeing them do it, it's like, yeah, that's possible. Um, Cause I think that's, some people don't have those good role models and I've been very fortunate to have two fantastic role models, um, both very intelligent, very smart people and both very successful in athletics. And I was like, okay, my dad and mom did it. I can do it too. That sort of thing. Um, and so I'm very thankful for them. Yeah. That that's awesome. Just you got the, the good genes also help. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I can't complain about it that. Make, it makes fitness tests a little easier. Yeah. A hundred percent true. But uh, Keegan, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. And I want to wish you the best of luck with the season coming up for you. And I look forward to following your career the rest of the way. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for having me. Home opener, August 21st at SeatGeek Stadium. Come out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's go.